0: The Media Day recap edition of the Big 12 College Experience on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by Circus Sports. Circus Sports is back with their Circus Survivor and Circa Million contest. $14 million up for grabs. Get all the details at circusports.com. everybody back to the big 12 experience part of the sports gambling podcast network media day is in the books and we are approaching the season i am your host Moneyline mac aka the former former video coordinator for bob huggins and frank martin and i am joined by my co-host he was born in provo utah he has family in ames iowa and he lives in morgantown west virginia he's a west virginia grad Give it up for Rambling Rush. Rush, what's going on, man?
1: A little hungover from a Shania Twain concert last night, but that's another story for another time. But doing great. Glad Media Day's wrapped up. Excited to talk about some storylines.
0: Yeah, shout out to Shania Twain. Man, I feel like a woman. This guy (laughs) is not feeling like a woman. And he is the third man in the box. uh, Always fighting a family civil war. You see the logos, the new backdrops. Shout out to our guy, Cameron Kerr. Uh, Mr. Big Twelve Guru has family ties in Baylor, TCU, Texas, uh, Texas Tech, Oklahoma schools, even Central Florida. He's got it all covered. And Cincinnati, he's got a seat everywhere. Give it up for the Big Twelve Guru, Troy Tuning. What's up, brother?
2: We uh, we're <laughs> away West Virginia podcast today. I, I had the Baylor, I had the I covered Baylor and Cincinnati in the first two episodes, so we can see how many uh, different teams I can. I can jump on the bandwagon for this year. What are you guys? Uh, what are you drinking on? I was gonna say I saw Rush's videos from the
1: Shania Twain concert. I was a little jealous. Oh, dude, it was, uh, dude, one of my favorite summertime combinations. I, I don't have any in it right now. I just grabbed one, but this sparkling ice stuff—they sell it for like a dollar. You mix that with vodka, you don't even taste the vodka. It's it's. Rush, it's you're dangerous. watching your calories. N- no, I just. It's just quick. It's quick drinking. You're like, oh wow, I feel great. You know, everyone knows, when you're leaving the tailgate, trying to go into a concert and all that stuff, before you have to spend twenty dollars on a beer, you're trying to get feel as good as you can. It's it's a good way to do that.
0: Yeah, I was gonna say, uh Russ is checking off all the good boxes of being a good fiance and husband. Hell, he's even getting married on the day of West Virginia and BYU. Oh, geez. and the, you heard the intro. He was born in Provo, Utah, and he lives in Morgantown, so you know this hits home. Is this, Rush, let me ask you this. Yeah. Is this the football gods officially cursing you?
1: So I think you can look at it as two ways. Yes, probably is the answer to that question, but there's nothing I can do. That date's not changing anytime soon. Uh, I I tried. I tried to do an appeal. Uh, The appeal didn't go through. Um, but I guess if you want to look at it from kind of the old life and the new life coming together on the wedding day, kind of make it a beautiful thing. I'm, I'm going to do it like that. Like I said, and, and Ryan and Troy, you know this, you know, keep it, keep it on the download. Don't spread this amongst the whole wedding. There'll be a little TV hidden in some corner somewhere. You know, people need a break on the dance floor. We'll go, we'll go check out the game yeah, on, my, on my phone right in front of me, <laughs> but we'll we'll have a big one somewhere too. So it, it, it'll all get figured out. I got a couple of uh, West Virginia people that tailgate. You, you know them, Ryan, that aren't too happy with me that they'll be tailgating a wedding and not tailgating that game either. But hey, it happens, right? this this reminds me of
0: I actually went to a dry wedding like a, years ago, and it was a, oh, wedding. a Mormon yeah. wedding. <laughs> a bunch of, a bunch of, yeah, it was a Mormon wedding. It was a B- it was BYU, a BYU wedding. wedding. You went to a BYU yeah. wedding. <laughs> so, so me and my buddy, we parked parked the truck over in the in in a parking garage, and every like thirty minutes, it was just go sprint shotgun of beer go back it, i mean everybody's like where the hell are you guys going i was like man i ain't fuck that i ain't going to this wedding all sober so yeah no, counting down the days and we're also counting down the days uh till we kick it off in week number one uh media days are in the book i should i should add that it was not media day it's media days because they split it up uh seven schools on on uh what was it wednesday and then seven concluding yesterday mm-hmm. Um, Mr. Yormark let it off. Um, expansion, uh, Texas, Oklahoma, kind of covered a little bit of everything. Mexico, New York. I mean, he went. He, he pretty much covered everything. Rush. Uh, what were your biggest takeaways from uh, Mr. Yormark's remarks?
1: Hey, they're already starting to throw some shade at uh, Oklahoma and Texas, uh, as yeah. they're saying. You haven't been uh, to the Big Twelve championship in two years for either school. Um, you know, they they talked about the recruiting and. I as we'll talk expansion because it seems like at this point we'll get to it, Colorado's almost a certainty at this point. Um, you're gonna be able to make up, I, I know Oklahoma and Texas are big programs, but I think you're gonna find a ways to make it up and actually make this league more fun. And I think in a way, part of this league has always been like, oh, we got to keep Oklahoma and we got to keep Texas happy. And you know, that's rumored why Colorado might have left in the first place, same with Nebraska because of Texas, and now you don't have to worry about stepping on eggshells with those two schools anymore it's in a good place and i have a feeling one of the schools might make the big 12 championship but the big 12 is not going to let both of them make it there's there's no way like you're you're going to see at the end of the game so a little little, little yellow flag's going to come out and be like oh 15 yard <laughs> penalty we didn't do anything yeah. you're going to the SEC. You know, that's what you did well, that's well, your we penalty. were talking
2: what we were talking about on the last episode, that could be like a culmination of the whole year of referees giving like garbage time touchdowns to teams against us And then it comes down to a like point differential fifth tiebreaker. And they're like, oh, look, Texas didn't make it in. Sorry. <laughs> How <did> that happened,
0: <laughs> um, And we'll touch on it on the other side of the break, but there, it wasn't just your Mark making remarks. It was others in the media making, taking their jabs. Everybody, including the coaches were taking their jabs at Texas and Oklahoma, but I got to get us paid because we're brought to you by Circus Sports. Circa Millions and Circus Survivor are back. $14 million in guaranteed prizes are up for grabs. Circus Millions, five NFL picks ATS each week. Circus Survivor has plenty of money line underdogs, and there's plenty there in week number one. Enter in Vegas, play from anywhere. Sports Game Podcast will be there the last weekend in August. That's the CircusSports.com. For all the details, circusports.com. Hey, and hell, if we had $14 million, we'd be running the media day ourselves. And that will happen in, uh, in the future here. Let's uh, dive into some more of the comments of the Big 12 media days. And there's actually a guy that I got to know a little bit. Uh, he made some headlines here. He went on with uh, our buddy John Kurtz over there. And over in Kansas city. And this is a deputy deputy AD assistant um, to uh, Mr. Yormark, Tim Weiser on Texas and Oklahoma. And his quote was, I think their decision was more about affiliating with the groups of different schools that they would rather get beat by Alabama than Kansas state or Florida than Iowa state. Uh, Wow. He didn't, he didn't shy away. I mean, he, Mm -mm. he put it right out there. He said they didn't leave for money. Rush, is he foreshadowing? Because Texas has got to play K State, and they got to go to Ames this year. What do you think?
1: Oh, I mean, like I've already said, there's you're going to see some dirty laundry out on the the uh-huh. field this year uh, when Oklahoma and Texas play. But it, yeah, it's it's Oklahoma and Texas did this whole thing the past couple of years in a way, kind of holding the Big Twelve hostage, saying like, you need us, you need us, and it just no, we don't. We're we're happy with our identity. We're happy with the teams we brought in. Um, Good luck in the the SEC. I remember when we all you know got together at your place, Ryan, and filmed like our Big Twelve trailer. I don't know if that's been released yet. And we just like I was wearing the Oklahoma polo and just falling off the deck because they're just going to get smacked in the SEC. Like, okay, yeah, you you know, you lose two, three games, maybe four in the Big Twelve, depending on the year you have. But now that's now you're going to be going bowling at six and six or seven and five. It, It just I, I, I thought it was always good when they had you know the, the shot for the playoffs, especially now with the playoffs going to 12 teams. They definitely, Oklahoma and Texas, at least Oklahoma, I'll say, probably would have made it in every year now. Now, even with 12 teams coming up next year, I, that's still going to be hard. So they kind of did it to themselves. Uh,
2: just speaking on the same – kind of the same wavelength, how lucky is Oklahoma to have that game against Georgia next – Like there's no way that Brent Venables (laughs) in the beginning of the year is going to not get his ass whooped by Georgia. Yeah,
0: and uh, shout out to the chat. The chat is alive and well. Uh, Richard Rotess Rotess says, uh, "Did they say SEC is king? Uh, Because I hope they pay tribute. No, SEC is not. SEC is king of playing the FCS schools in November." Uh, and and king of having over half their league, just claim that they're Alabama and Georgia. That's what the SEC is really good at. So, yeah, no, I'm I'm with you guys. I think Texas and Oklahoma are in for a rude awakening. I mean, Texas A&M has not gotten any better as a football program. Missouri has not gotten any better as a football program. Careful what you wish for Nebraska when they left this league. Did not get better as a shit. Nebraska definitely has not gotten any better, so it's going to be interesting. And you know, I get a kick out of all these Texas fans. They're like, "We beat in K State six straight times, blah blah blah. We beat Iowa State last year." Okay, sorry. You rather you ra- you rather lose to Alabama and Florida than TCU and Baylor or Texas Tech, whoever the hell you've gotten beat by in the last fifteen years because you haven't won that uh, the Big Twelve since two thousand nine. Rush. Is this a year that uh, I'm not even going to ask you that because I already know the answer. But what do you what do you think of the the target on Texas and Oklahoma's back? I mean, we're hearing it from the commissioner and the assistant commissioner. I mean, we're hearing it from coaches. Gundy's chiming in. I mean, everybody's chiming in.
1: So. I kind of see it from this, obviously not the same level of success, but from the NFL standpoint, right? My, you know, dad's side of the family is all from Maine. So I grew up a big Patriots fan. And you know, obviously that 20 years is every game you got the opponent's best game because everyone wanted to beat the Patriots. And now with the big 12, with Oklahoma and Texas leaving, you're going to have that same type of thing. It's like, you're going to get every team's best game. And we've seen it with Texas being favored these past years, uh, they, but they haven't they haven't showed up. You know, it's it Oklahoma has kind of been the one carrying the torch. Uh, I mean, the the reverse of that is is maybe this creates a sense of urgency. Maybe this creates that mentality of us versus the world. Uh, but that can also come back to bite you. So it, it it's just it's going to be interesting. That I, but the the target's just growing and growing by the day. And when you have the deputy commissioner and the commissioner, basically. Saying the quiet part out loud, then you know things aren't going to go right for for Texas, and that target's only going to get bigger. And then, like yeah. I said, once you get Big Twelve officiating involved somehow, and, I
0: mean, and and they didn't get they didn't get the favor on the schedule either. At least Oklahoma, uh, Troy, you could touch on this, got the favorable schedule between the two.
2: Well, Oklahoma gets. Cupcake, I mean, they're preparing themselves for the SEC with their non-con schedule, but that's, you know, we talked about Georgia getting pulled off of their their, their list. But, mm-hmm. I mean, I know we're a Big 12 show, and you can't really tiptoe around eggshells. When we're talking about football, there is a king, and it, and it is the SEC. Now, when I say that, I mean, the top-end talent is the best there. But like we've touched on, if they had to play like SEC number one and number two against Big 12, one and two, sure they're winning those games. But the bottom five or six teams in their league are getting spanked. Yeah. Like you can't put West Virginia up against Missouri; either they'll roll them over. Well, we have yeah. in past. Or so, yeah. Vanderbilt. <laughs> I, yeah, Vanderbilt's not. They're not. Vanderbilt's not even playing. They're just yeah. forfeiting that one. Like. <laughs>
1: They're, they're yeah. going back into COVID protocol. And, and I'll say this too about, and I know we've talked about this, is the SEC too, right? It's the league, the rich gets richer. That, that separation from, from top to bottom just keeps spreading out more and more. While as, you know, Big 12 is the league of parity. And that's why it's going to be so much fun covering the Big 12 this year. Is It's a lot of people just kind of in the middle, bigger middle class with, with the Big 12. And I, another point I kind of want to bring up with the Oklahoma versus Texas, obviously the Big 12 is not happy with either school um leaving the conference however i don't i think there's more hatred towards texas one for obvious reasons and cultural reasons but at least oklahoma before tcu was representing the big 12 in the playoff like they 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 did a lot of good things for the big 12 so i don't think there's as much hatred towards oklahoma it, it's definitely i i think it leans it's like 60 40 hatred towards texas
2: i also think oklahoma will be early on to try to schedule some non-con games against teams like Oklahoma state or even have like to. a Baylor or something like, that. and I don't know if I don't think teams are going to be that upset when Oklahoma comes back to ask for a non-con game, but I think there will be teams that turn down Texas non-con games, just a good old fuck you.
0: Well, I can guarantee you one guy that's not playing Oklahoma. Uh, his name's Mike Gundy and he, he wants it. Like I said, uh, you got the commissioner, the the uh, assistant deputy commissioner throwing their shade. And then you got Mike Gundy, who who uh, was the only guy who didn't wear a suit and tie. He said, fuck it, I'm going to wear my orange bright polo. I'm Mike Gundy. I'm a man. I'm 40 or 57, whatever he is now. I don't even know. Uh, <laughs> his quote from the other day, no Oklahoma's when asked if they will resume Bedlam, no Oklahoma State's not going to change what we do because Oklahoma wanted to go to the SEC. They need to change what they do. Troy, obviously you have family at Oklahoma and Oklahoma State. Will we ever see Bedlam again after this year?
2: I mean, yeah. I just don't know how long it's going to be. It's probably going to be at least eight years or a decade or something like that before they can work out any kind of non-com, non-con Bedlam home and home or even like a neutral site game or something like that. But – that's the worst part about it is that now it's going, it's going to be leaning towards that neutral site bedlam game, yeah. and that that sucks. Like you can't, yeah, you can't play West Virginia and Pitt at FedEx Field. That fucking, that's stupid.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> so it looks like Oklahoma State doesn't have their next non-con opening till 2029. Um, actually, they play. They're at Alabama that year, so who knows if they'll want to play Oklahoma? But I, I think, and this is you know we'll we'll probably have a lot of conversations about this later is eventually you're going to need a something that's not the NCAA ruling college football you're going to have to have the college football playoff be the governing body and i know we've talked about this before on R- the Ryan and Rush show ryan is eventually you'll have these football teams be companies of schools they won't be just you know make it cleaner with NIL and title IX and everything that goes into there um but we it, the fact that it's going to be till 2029 at the earliest you can have bedlam again, I, I think a governing body in, you know, college football would make it so you can't schedule out, you know, two, three years in advance. Cause this is like, when you see like, look, I'm looking at Oklahoma State's future schedule and they're in 2037, they're at Colorado. I mean, that's ridiculous. And that's they, why you, you, that's a reason why you can't have a bedlam for a long they should, time. They should Backyard is another example.
2: They should almost lean towards at that point, you would think, you know, there's four major conferences, just like north, south, east, west with Mm -hmm. Big Ten, SEC, ACC and Big 12 or something like that. You should almost lean towards doing it the way they do the uh, interconference challenges in basketball and just have it be like we're going to do, you know, Big 12, number three plays SEC, number four. And then at the end of the previous year, you figure out, okay, that's Ole Miss against Baylor.
1: Ooh, I like that. Kind of like how they do football scheduling, where where you finish in your conference, mm-hmm. the, and then you play that. I like that. I I don't see these two playing
0: anytime as 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 long as Gundy's there at least, because I also think they're gonna Oklahoma State's gonna be like you you owe us a trip. You guys left, and Oklahoma is gonna be on their high horse, like Texas to be like, who are you to say that we got to come to you? And it's just gonna be a dick measuring contest, and that's why I don't think that they're gonna play anytime soon. It's kind of like. Kansas and Missouri in basketball just recently played. And we still haven't seen Texas and Texas A&M in football because it's been a kind of who's on their pedestal more. Hey, no, they owe us a trip. They left the league. They should come to us first. And I guess they're joining leagues uh, or they're going to be in the same SEC league here uh, come next year. But they don't even play each other next year. It, it, it's, it's, it's the following year. And I, I think I read a stat. I, I was listening to Colby the other day. Texas or Texas A&M—I can't remember which one. The other one has not will have not played at the other person since 2012. They will have gone to Alabama and Georgia before returning the trip between Texas and Texas A&M. So I think we could see a similar thing with Oklahoma and Oklahoma State. But yeah, no, it'll be interesting to the, see how it plays out. Go yeah, ahead, Russ. The the and only
1: I, problem with what Gundy's saying, which I do agree, it's there. There's some resentment right now. And I get where he's coming from, but eventually it'll, the money will be too great where you can't say no. Like you just have to get the money right on this. That's all it is. That's the, uh, the only, like, you're not
2: going to win a pissing contest against Mike Gundy. That dude wears an OAN (laughs) shirt in public to interviews. Like you're, you're you're not going to win, but eventually someone's going to hang enough money in front of him that he might take off the OAN shirt.
0: Hey, all. All I could say is, in terms of Texas and Oklahoma, for Texas, they're lucky as hell that Gundy's not on the schedule because he owns Texas. And then Oklahoma, they're lucky as shit that K State's not on the schedule because they've been whipping them yeah. out the last couple of years. So they both did get a break there, but we'll still see because the officiating will not be on their side. And everybody's got to get over to Underdog Fantasy. We're brought to you by Underdog Fantasy Best Ball Mania here and Underdog Fantasy is giving away $15 million in prizes. Underdog Pick'em is also a great way to get down on your favorite MLB and MLB, NFL season player props. So many ways to choose from Underdog Fantasy, and it's available in so many different states. Head over to underdogfantasy.com and use the promo code SGPN for a 100% deposit bonus up to $100. It's underdogfantasy.com, promo code SGPN. All right, let's move along, and we are back on the Big Twelve college experience. Go ahead and hit that smash subscribe, and and, and leave a comment and review. Only five stars, by the way. Um, speaking of a program that thinks that they got five stars, all of a sudden, Texas Tech. Holy shit! I'm starting to get a little scared that there's a little too much hype there in in West by God, Texas, in Lubbock. Um, it wasn't. It was a Dallas outlet um, that wrote the article, the DallasNews.com. Is Texas Tech the new Alabama? No, that's not oh, a misprint. Shit. I, I did not, I did not make that up. I am not the one saying that.
2: There is um, Yeah, quite a few I, similarities. To you guys. Oh, I was just going to say, there's quite a few similarities between the town of Tuscaloosa and Lubbock. <laughs> so, uh, first box check. Uh, <laughs> is that, you got any
0: other boxes to check?
2: <laughs> Lots of uh, sisters and Texas. relationships <laughs> they shouldn't be in. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Uh,
0: yeah, I mean, you got Joey McGuire, shout out, eight and five last year, won their last four games. Um, he's, he had a great coat on. I love the red coat. Our guys over at the gambling gal Those are our guys over there. We love Texas tech, but this is becoming too much for me, man. Come on. I love Texas tech as much as anybody guns up, especially when they're playing Texas. But I mean, McGuire's officiating weddings. Now he's going to officiate his third wedding (laughs) next summer. I mean, man, of the people rush. Uh talk the Lubbock community a little bit down here. You're the man of reasoning. This is this is a
1: little much. I I, I try to be reasonable, Rush, when I can. <laughs> um so I you brought up the gotchas real quick, and I want to give them a shout-out too, because they were actually at Media Day and and, and asked yeah. uh Maguire a question. So that that's awesome to see that come full circle. Give them a follow. We'll get them on the show here eventually. We as Ryan and Rush show was on there, they're they're good people. Um so it seems like every season, right, no matter what sport it is, there's this team that, you know, a couple people will be like, for example, I'll, I'll just take the NFL. A lot. Let's say I'm really high on the Jacksonville Jaguars. And that starts getting talked up, talked up, talked up. Yeah. And the next thing you know, what you originally thought was like this kind of hidden gem take. it becomes mainstream yeah Yeah. and then when it becomes mainstream then expectations are formed from that so what's what was once a hey you know this actually you know i got a little optimism now becomes like i expect this and i am scared that's what's becoming with texas tech because like you said is you love love lubbock you know ryan we we love love the culture down there you know we we like you know texas tech of course when they're not playing west virginia Good definitely a good school good guys in the in the big 12 um but yeah if you're getting already talked to to alabama and that that's beyond mainstream that's just now you're in the the realm of delusion it's t- you know take it back a notch yeah, absolutely it's 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 time to settle down a little bit maybe maybe holster one of the guns texas tech just you know you keep one out you know have confidence you should be a good team this year but Let's just holster one for a moment. That that's all. You got to beat gotta, Wyoming at Wyoming first. Yeah, yes, you do, and you then gotta, you have Oregon. You got
2: to <laughs> yeah. use you got to use one hand to hold on to the saddle or the little the little reins on the horse. You can't you can't go no no hands. <laughs> yeah, uh, no, that might have been a more accurate mm. article for them to say is Texas Tech the new Auburn.
0: That's a good comparison.
2: As, is, it, they they will still have those years where. They're significantly better than you expect, and then they will – I mean, Texas Tech, they're going to be a good football team, but they're just as likely to only win seven games this year as they are to, you know, win nine or ten of them.
0: Uh, Yeah, I agree. Well, they're over-under set at seven and a half for a reason, and I got their schedule pulled up. We talk about potentially missing the top five teams on your schedule. The only one they miss is Oklahoma. They got to go to Austin – they got to go to Waco. They got uh, K State and TCU coming to them. I mean, Morgantown's
1: not easy either. Morgan, I'm not Morgantown, saying we're going to be a great team. Yeah. Texas Tech should be better than us, but Morgantown's not an easy place to play in. We, we just should. need to, We need them to get Mahomes back because that was the only guy we could beat in Lubbock for some reason. Got to
2: go to Provo. When do they? When do they go to Provo and Morgantown? What are those dates? Morgantown
1: opens up the Big 12 yeah. schedule. That's September 23rd, and then they're in Provo. Uh, October twenty first. Oh, they left out they don't, in the air. They,
2: yeah, they don't have to go up there in November or anything like
1: that. Though. Yeah, still can you trust. me? It can get cold as shit at the end of October in in Utah. And then they I, got I, TCU I, after that, so that could be a look ahead right there. Are we
0: are, when we start picking games week in and week out? Are we just going to pick the home team? Is this going to be the league where just the home team wins every game? It's like I, mean, I don't know who to win. That's what What's it's like in
2: basketball.
0: Yeah. Yeah,
2: the, it's they're all so yeah. close that it just comes down to like
1: that. That extra energy from the fans is worth three points. I I think this is a you see it in we saw it a lot in the NFL last year. You see it here. But anytime you can get a home dog, take it. Oh yeah. I don't yeah. care who home dogs that they, they rule. So I don't know how many underdogs you're going to get at home um, in terms of the spread this year. But there is something I mean, like it's still that. I know they're getting paid through NIL, so it's not technically amateur anymore. But when you still have that amateur kind of age, mistakes happen. Crazy things happen. Well,
0: especially when they articles like this come out about are they the next Alabama. I mean, we've seen – we've mocked the Texas hype because the Texas hype is as high as it's been since uh, – Tom Herman, even before that. It's it's Charlie Strong hype right now. It's it, it, it's it's high. I mean, to be honest, Oklahoma actually probably doesn't have as much hype as they've had in the past because of coming on six and seven. Go mm-hmm. ahead,
2: Troy. The, the, the last time the Texas had this much hype was Tom Herman. And, and before that, Charlie strong, we saw how that fucking ended up.
1: Yeah. Dude, no, BYU
2: I mean, ended Mac Brown's
0: career. Mm-hmm, the last day they won the big 12. Yeah. Uh, speaking of uh, teams that ended uh, Mac Brown's tenure in the big 12, like you said, Rush BYU four newcomers, uh, a lot of energy, I'll go. I'll kick it right back to you, Rush. What what uh what did you take away from the four newcomers? I, other than just a lot of energy, a lot of excitement, and good luck playing those teams at their at their respective uh, home fields. You were talking about home dogs. It's going to be tough places to play, man.
1: I, I I agree. Um, two things, and this is more from uh, I mean, it, media days. Right, we do our best to kind of sort through the words, and you know, talks talk, but you there's a reason they play the games, of course. But there was this kind of quiet confidence it seemed like from the um newcomers i I remember i was watching because i think it was on right before west virginia i was watching cincinnati and satterfield um pretty hard and seem excited ready to go um and and they're not taking this lightly at all you you can tell they are very thankful to be in the big 12 now and have this type of hype surrounding their programs which I think all four of those programs feel like in a way this probably should have happened five to ten years ago but of course it's a process but they they finally earned it they're finally on that stage and they belong man they they're they're ready to go
2: I uh, right. I I really like Gus Malon mostly because yeah, yeah. you can tell that he's not like He's not a horrible person, but he's not a good person either, which is exactly what you want from your football coach. And yeah, like you can tell, his role model is someone like Lex Luthor, which I can really, really appreciate from a football coach that's going to try to get you know like a little bit more out of his guys. But I think when we were talking about home dogs, I think you're going to see the bounce house as as a good home dog uh, uh, money maker for us this year. I think they're going to have a tough time on the road, but Bounce House is going to be banging.
0: No doubt about it. You know, we talked about Texas Tech being the next Auburn. Hell, maybe it's Central Florida. Maybe Central Florida pops up every couple years, pushes for a Big 12 championship. Shit, Malzone was the one that – he he was three and one against Alabama at Auburn at home, and then they fired him, which was ridiculous. He was sixty-seven and, to thirty-five, and, and Auburn I, is
2: who uh, UCF yeah. beat in their bowl game to win their, their national, national championship.
1: championship. It was the national championship, Troy. It's yeah. not a bowl game.
0: <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know what? They would have made the playoffs, and who knows what they would have done. So, no, they I'm with you. I I think I think Central Florida is the most likely out of the four newcomers, and I think it's going to be an adjustment. And we'll see it. What? What's that? September thirtieth. When Baylor's got to go down there, they got to adjust. They got to adjust to that Florida heat in September. But you know what? Central Florida's also got to go to fucking Boise in, uh, in week two, and they've lost like six games in in the last fifty years there at Boise. Um, Rush, we. Uh, what do you think of your guys from BYU? I th- I think I think they they got a little bit of confidence too coming into the league with just playing the big boys schedule the last couple they,
1: years. They yeah, it, it's ever since they've been independent, they've had the mentality we'll play anyone anywhere, and I'm sure now that they're in a conference, you know, the, it creates a little more order to the program. More you you're aware more of your expectations, um, and you know, of course, with an independent schedule, they would they play some teams you know over and over again, you know, Utah or Utah State. Uh, but now is you can kind of build, you know, reputations with other programs and how you play them or how you prepare or kind of just getting more into a routine. Uh, I'm telling you, BYU is, is the other one you have to look at is, and they're kind of opposite, right? You have Central Florida down in Orlando where it's hot, the bounce house, just muggy Florida. And then, you know, across all the way in Provo, Utah is you have, you know, the mountains, the elevations, 5,000 something feet. Air's thin, it gets cold. Like you kind of have this like yin and yang between Central Florida and BYU. So it's it, they there they're that home field advantage. I'm actually really looking forward to seeing teams go to Provo and and play there and kind of just be shocked by like, Oh, I have my hands on my knees and it's only the start of the third quarter, and we just came out of halftime. So If we see a team like go
2: to – if there's a team that plays away at both UCF and BYU and you see them win one of those games but not the other, you'll be able to tell how interested their team is in single women because the (laughs) biggest difference between Provo and Orlando is (laughs) hoes versus no hoes.
0: Hey, let me ask you this. I'm looking – I got all the schedules pulled up. By the way, I've played the schedule game like – uh i was bored out of my mind today at work and i'm just like they're all jumbled all the together
2: in my mind now yeah. it's just all
0: there was one scenario where everybody went five and four and four and five I'm like holy shit i gotta get texas and oklahoma some more loss get them in last <laughs> just kidding um uh let, let's play the schedule game i'll name off their opener uh, their inaugural big 12 home game ucf plays baylor at home to start Cincinnati plays Oklahoma at home to start. BYU plays where is BYU at? Rod? They play
1: Kansas. Don't, oh no, their home opener. Um oh shoot. I oh, I
0: got that. Houston right here. Houston plays TCU, and that's week three. That's the first uh, that's gonna be the first Big 12 game because everybody starts in week number four. Um BYU
1: it's plays
0: Cincinnati. I, I,
1: they actually play Cincinnati in BYU. Let we me, four, so week five,
0: so how many of the four schools win their home openers? It, Do you want me
1: to rename them? It's it's gonna be it's gonna be two and two. I, I'm I BYU will beat Cincinnati in Provo. Cincinnati will lose to Oklahoma. Let's see, it's Baylor and UCF. Who did you say Houston plays again? TCU. TCU, and that's
0: a standalone game. And they've been yeah. I kind of like I kind of like Houston in that game.
2: I think Baylor gets their national media coverage starting after they win that game in Orlando.
1: Okay, I agree. I think it's two and two then. I, I agree But I think it's
2: a really, really close game. And I think at that point, everybody else starts to realize, man, maybe UCF was ready for this move.
0: Yeah, I, I'm, I'm I'm with you. I, I, I think Central Florida and BYU win. Um, I like Houston to pull that upset. And call me crazy – I think Cincinnati's going to keep it close against Oklahoma. I think Cincinnati, I think that could quietly as well become a Hornets nest to play at. And they've been waiting forever for this opportunity. And then you get Oklahoma, of all teams, coming to you for your uh, Big 12 opener. I think I think that one's a toss-up, so we'll see. Um, we, we talked about the newcomers. Teams that have – we'll call it the, the the Elite Eight. That's what I'm calling them this year. I'm going to nickname it the Elite Eight. Baylor. Uh, Iowa State, Kansas, Kansas State, Oklahoma State, TCU, Texas Tech, and West Virginia, the best eight schools that are sticking with the Big 12. Who kind of flew under the radar, but you sense a level of confidence and you like what you're seeing with the schedule and just the way they're handling themselves coming into uh, the season rush?
1: I've said it before, but if you want to talk – I feel like originally a couple months ago that was Texas Tech Till I kind of explained the process and now it's expectations. No one is talking about Baylor. It seems like yeah. no like I am Troy, I'm I'm on your side with this. Give, give Sheila my best and you know, sick them. But I, I think it's I think it's Baylor. I have a I have a good feeling about them this year. I think they're go they're they're right where they need to be. When
2: I love listening to Dave Aranda and all of his interviews and whatnot for the opposite reason that I like Gus Malzon. Dave Aranda seems like he's not a football coach at all. He's like your yeah your doctorate level professor. Uh, Mm -hmm. It's really funny. He's a lot like their basketball coach, Scott Drew. It has nothing to do with how good you are on the field. It has everything to do with what you're willing to do for another teammate or another coach or something like that. And, I mean, I I would almost think that last year was the outlier compared to the last three or four years for Baylor football. I think the norm is more about that eight or nine win range. And this year, that's probably enough to get it done or at least give yourself a shot in the title game. Uh, and just because Rush said Baylor, I'm going to go ahead and return the favor. I'm, I'm all on Neil Brown, baby. Neil yeah. Brown, trust
1: the climb, Neil, baby.
2: Neil Brown. So trust the climb. When, when you're talking about Oklahoma giving Cincinnati a hard time, that's, that's going to be a rough game because Cincinnati's defensive line is going to wreck Oklahoma's offensive line. And the one team in the Big 12 that you're probably not just going to be able to run rampant through their O-line is West Virginia. Mm-hmm. And the way that he sat there in, in one of the interviews, it was like, I, I can guarantee you we're not going to finish last. He sounded like Ryan up here. He like, <laughs> we have a 132 returning starts on our offensive line. We're not finishing last in this league.
0: <laughs> Eat shit, pit. No, we're not finishing fucking last. I'm tired of hearing about it, too. So, And we're going to win week three, and then we're going to get some momentum going in the Big 12 I was gonna say Oklahoma State, but Gundy <laughs> Gundy put the bullseye
2: right on his yeah. chest. Like young. <laughs> <he always> Gundy <laughs> doesn't <laughs> fly under the Oklahoma, radar. Yeah, yeah he, he couldn't hold so, it in. <laughs> I'll just pick them to win the league, but like in the, he, in the in the in the top gun movie, the newer one where they have to fly yeah. low enough under the radar, Gundy just went straight in, nah, right? At twenty thousand feet and shoot these missiles at me, bitch. I don't care.
0: He's just laughing. He's like, yeah, I don't give a shit. Oklahoma, Texas leave. I, I, I'm still going to win the league. Everybody's going to wear a suit and tie. I'm going to wear an orange polo. I got the beard. Sure. should have like a ju- tuxedo t-shirt. <laughs> Looks like I just got done playing 36 holes before I got out here. Uh, you know, TCU, everybody keeps writing them off, but then they keep reminding everybody about how they went to the national championship. They lost the Big 12 championship. I think people forget. K State to me is still flying under the radar. I know they're ranked second, but like everybody's talking about Texas and Oklahoma. Oh, K State brings back their whole O line, Will Howard, uh, Chris Kleiman. I mean, we saw what he did at North Dakota State in his five years. He's quietly, you take out the COVID year, he's won more, eight or more games every single year. I think the K State Wildcats are once again flying under the radar, especially with Will Howard another year in the system.
1: He just needs to stay healthy. That's the question there. If he stays healthy, you're absolutely yeah. right, Ryan. Because yeah, they might have been ranked number two, but it's you're right. They're no one. No one's talking about them either. It's just like it's oh, not we'll put sexy. Him at two on yeah. the list. No, it's yeah. not sexy at all. Yeah, uh, and uh, and I think that's why you have to go with your preseason picks. It's just can you know Howard needs to stay healthy. Going going in the other
2: direction, somebody that I lost a little bit of confidence in, even though uh, you know he was up there really supporting the Big Twelve, even though his teams. Quitting Brent Venables Was up there You know Supporting the Big 12 And giving them props And all that And the first thing That went through my mind Was this guy knows He's going to be looking For a motherfucking job In a year <laughs> he's I, need- he,
0: I'm glad you said Venables He was next on my list uh, So that was your Takeaway from Venables Because when he went up there I noticed everybody Kind of stopped And it's like What's Venables Going to say Because you don't go Six and seven in Norman No With the SEC no. On the horizon
1: I, I don't mean this in a in a personal way. I mean this as, like, I think just kind of football culture. Like, some football guys are just really weird people just because of the way they're breaking. And he is one. Like, put him on the top of the list. He's just – he doesn't seem like a number one. He needs to – that's why he's complimenting the Big 12. He's going to be asking one of these 12 coaches, maybe 13 with Colorado, for a defensive coordinator job. I mean, it, it's – he's a number two. He's one of those guys that you keep on your cabinet because he's brilliant. He knows how to put together a scheme. But he just – I don't know if he knows how to lead men. And I—and that's just weird. Weird he definitely, dude.
2: He definitely seems like he needs the perfect roster of weird guys around him in order to buy in. Like, you're not just going to get top-end talent that then decide, like, oh, man, this crazy wacko dude might be right. Even if he is correct, it's still just kind of a line that
1: not a lot of people are across that are, you know, really good football coaches and stuff. It's I mean, it's like we talk about, right? I mean, when you're trying to get a message across, it's more than just the message itself. It's how it's being delivered. So you're right, Troy. He could have the – like – perfect schemes, the perfect message. But if he's, if it's not coming across the right way, people aren't going to get it. And that, and that to me seems like exactly what you're saying, Troy, like his roadblock is he and can't like deliver a message, right? The worst part about
2: that is it almost seems like exactly what happened last year. Like there wasn't, it. there were a few games where he was out coached, but it seemed like,
0: West the guys
2: on the field just yeah. didn't
1: want to do it for him. Yeah, it it was a lot of like individual that- players, and I guess one kind of pause, posit- Maybe you can look at this as a positive thing, but with the transfer portal now, is it can give guys more momentum to play well throughout the season, knowing that they could be in a different situation the next year. It does give the you know, you know, if you know you're on the same team next year and the season's done, yeah, then players are going to quit. But if they know, like, oh, I could go down and play for another school, I'm going to keep grinding this out. But even with then, I mean, I was at that West Virginia-Oklahoma game, and it's like, dude, he just he, – it was weird. His his coaching was awful that game. It was He was just kind of laying down, and stuff would work, and then he wouldn't go back to it. it it's, yeah,
2: it's like he's got an on-off switch and, like – changes it throughout the game because I saw the same. I mean, I went to that, the cheese, it bowl against Florida state and they, they started off super strong. They were crushing it. And then it was like, nah, we don't really want to be here anymore.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. You, you, you know, uh, two guys to me that, cause we're I, I want to touch on every team at least at some point during this episode, the two remaining ones that we haven't talked about. And I think they are two really good football coaches Matt Campbell and Ames and Lance Lightpole and uh, and Lawrence, I thought those guys those guys are so easy to like and root for, and and just do a tremendous job with their respective programs. Iowa State had the tough year losing all those close games. Lightpole, we've already touched on it. Step and step and step. Can they take that next step with the? Uh, can the defense uh, be improved this year? They have the preseason player of the year and Jalen Daniels. Uh, what were your takeaways? Uh, I'll, I'll I'll kick it off with you, Troy, with uh with the Cyclones and Jayhawks.
2: I think Matt Campbell suffers from that. Uh, he's almost too consistently good that it just becomes like something Expect that's his. in the back of your head. It's an it's an expectation for Matt Campbell to take whatever ragtag group he has and still you know compete with every single team, even the best of the best in the league, and. He doesn't he doesn't really get his flowers anymore. He's already it's like you can only deliver flowers to someone three times and then that's it. Like he's he's out. But yeah, he he might be the best coach in the league, to be completely honest. Uh, I think I would side with Matt Campbell as the best guy in the whole league. And if I was a recruit that was just looking to, you know, enjoy my college play, not not worried about the next level or something like that, I would want to go play for that family there in Ames.
0: A rush is he slowly becoming his uh his rival in Iowa City, Kirk Ferentz in Iowa Hawkeyes. I feel like those programs are slowly becoming mere images of one another.
1: No, they they are. It's they kind of do the same tactics. One just plays in the Big Ten, one plays in the Big Twelve, but it's it's basically the same. I'll say this about Iowa State. I brought this up on the preview I did with Colby. Is I know we talked about Oklahoma's schedule earlier, right? And how they don't have Kansas State, who like beats them every year on their schedule. But they do play Iowa State. The game is in Norman, but it's that end of September game where they seem like they always lose that one. I have Iowa State in that game. I I I would put money on it. Actually, I might after this episode put some money down. I think Iowa State's going to be Oklahoma at the end of September in Norman. Um, I think Matt Campbell is a fantastic coach. I mean, there's no real no one's really debating that. But I also think he's the perfect like. If I'm Matt Campbell, I'm not trying to go anywhere. Like. I like Iowa state needs me a little more than I need them, but there's something about in an industry, Ryan, you know, obviously the the sports industry and the coaching industry and an industry that's so chaotic and so much movement. And one moment you're gone, like, they're just, they're perfect for each other. I mean, I think we're going to yeah. be doing this show 10 years from now and we'll still talk about Matt Campbell being at Iowa State. Now, you know, when the stuff happened at Northwestern and his name will always be brought up for those different Midwest jobs. And I don't know, maybe the money will just be so good at some point where it's like, guys, I can't say no to this, but it's, it's a perfect fit. Yeah, Matt, Matt Campbell seems like that kind of beard that's
2: the opposite of Brent Venable's. Like everybody wants to play for that guy. For what whatever he does, he gets the message across loud and clear, and everybody knows exactly what they're supposed
1: to do week in and week out. And they're gonna be an interesting experiment this year, too. They don't they don't like the transfer portal. There really yeah. wasn't wow. any movement in the Iowa State transfer portal at all. They're returning a lot of starters. Their offensive they're line <laughs> Yeah, that, exactly. It's just it's Iowa. They just throw yeah. the ball. Yeah. Is this heaven? Yeah. No, it's Iowa. It's
0: uh, yeah, yeah. The, the, the dreams <laughs> at Iowa, yeah crazy that they've become uh such mirror images of one another uh let's introduce a new segment uh, <laughs> on the show <laughs> we're gonna do this every single every single show that we got something we'll call it uh troy's take of the day i've got a little music going headed into this <laughs> Who do we got here, Troy? Who's who's representing is, the Big Twelve college experience? this driving? is the
2: uh, the Washington Nationals manager, Davey Martinez, at a post game press conference, telling everyone to go like and subscribe to the college, ex- the Big Twelve college experience from the same game parlay network on YouTube and Spotify and Apple Music or wherever you get your podcast or watch live and everything. I mean, that's a world champion. That's very clearly supporting the podcast so
0: (laughs) you you heard it there first listen to look at davy look at davy throwing up the big 12 brands college experience shout out to davy martinez 2019 world series champion beat the houston cheaters can't ever take it away uh yeah i think there baby i we uh i think we should conclude the episode on that note hey By the way, everybody, appreciate the support in week number one. We got a big, uh, big week coming up next week. It's, uh, it's power rankings week. We're gonna, we're gonna power rank the tailgates, the fan bases, mascots, and then we're gonna do quarterbacks and coaches. Can't wait to do our coaches and quarterbacks rankings. And before you know it, I have a mascot
2: power rankings too. So,
0: yeah, no that that that's part of the agenda next week, and then we will transition into our. 14 team previews it'll be a little bit different than colby's over at the main station the college football experience we want to provide something different since we know colby patty c and nc nick and all the guys do all 133 teams so we'll provide a different angle different uh different point of views for everybody but before we get on on out of here for another good
1: weekend rambling rush tell everybody where to find you at rambling rush twitter instagram appreciate all the support i I've already The show started, Ryan, and I'm already debating people on BYU football and this, that, and the other thing. But, hey, it's great. That's why it's there. Uh, come find me there. Obviously, Ryan and I do the Ryan and Russ show as well. Uh, please subscribe on YouTube if, if you get a second. Um, that's the West Virginia Focus channel that we do. So, appreciate you all. It's been a great week one. Week one down, a lifetime to go. Love it.
2: You guys. You guys can always follow me on Twitter at Troy Tuning, just my full name, no spaces. Uh, lots of memes, uh, lots of lots of Davy Martinez edits, you know. <laughs> uh, making fun of Texas. I saw uh, there was a pretty big publication that was talking about the West Virginia Twitter support being like one of the under-the-radar best Twitter fan bases. And oh, I was like, fact. yeah, well, I'm kind of tuned in because of the Ryan and Rush guys. And it seems like, I mean, probably the least delusional fan base, in the big 12, the most realistic. And that's got to come from what, like 12, 15 shots of moonshine or something like that. And you just sit there and you realize like, man, maybe we're not that good. So, do
1: you know? So do you know what's funny about West Virginia? It's, it's the opposite. It's right. Like people need moonshine and then they become more delusional. We wake up delusional and we need the moonshine to get. Normal. Yeah.
2: It's you yeah. wake up with the shakes. And-
0: it, it's uh, it's been a lot of heartbreak over the years. And, it's definitely been a summer to forget for us Mountaineer fans, um, obviously on the basketball side of things and the football. I mean, we're preseason fucking pick last in the Big 12, but brighter days are ahead. Eat shit, pit. It's going to be a great weekend. Appreciate all the support in our first week. You can find me at Moneyline underscore Mac. And uh, Pick Dundee and I will be going live here in less than an hour on the college basketball experience. Shit, we're, uh, we're about 17 weeks away from college basketball. That'll be here before we know it. And uh, have a great weekend, everybody. And don't forget to let it ride.
1: Hugs for Governor 2024. (laughs) Don't say the word, Rush.